This is Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. Tonight we are doing, by popular request, a show all about probably one of the most divisive albums that Paul McCartney ever recorded, which is Press to Play, and the very name of our show comes from a track off that album. So we are going to dig deep into the album tonight. We are very curious to hear what you guys have to say about it. Um, I think we're going to have differing opinions on it. So we are very, very excited to to just get into it. Um, so before we Though, let me introduce myself. My name is Kid O'Toole. Uh, I am the author of Songs We Are Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, as well as Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop. Um, I also write for a variety of sites, uh, including Something Else Reviews and Blinded by Sound and Beatle Fan Magazine. So let me bring on the good friends and colleagues that I'm privileged to host this sh wonderful show with uh, every other Monday. Um, first off, and uh, he is raring to go here, so I'm going to introduce him first. You know him from his very popular YouTube channel where he talks about his adventures in collecting and does a lot of uh, comedy as well, including he managed to score some toilet paper at this very, very <laughs> confusing time. So way to go, Joe. You know him by me, Mr. Mayo, but we call him Joe Mayo. So hey, Joe, how's it going? Hello, kid. Ursa Major, Ursa Minor. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Those are the key words for tonight. Uh, secondly, you know him from his popular podcast, now also a video cast, uh, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney-centric uh, broadcast talking about all things uh, Paul, uh, all of his recordings. Uh, great, great show. Uh, Mr. Tom Hanyati. Tom, how's it going? It's going great. And as we all know, Oklahoma. Never like this. <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah it was never like this that's for sure <laughs> hope you all are doing hello i hope you all are doing well kit ken and mayo good to see you guys once again hello hello yeah, hello 
Good to see you guys as well. Absolutely. And last but n definitely not least, um, a definite legend in, in the Beatles community. You know him from his longtime uh, running syndicated show, Every Little Thing. Uh, he is also the co-host of the very popular uh, podcast, Things We Said Today. Um, he is also the king of of chart knowledge you want to know anything about chart position he's your guy okay uh so say hello to ken michaels hello ken hi kit and i will chart your introduction for this show at number one Dave at number one hello guys hi how you doing ken and we got some good times coming tonight yes yes right yes we are that's right. You're you're going to hear a lot of of those kind of references tonight, folks. So you know, just just get ready. And I had to, I had to shut I had to shut the blinds because I could feel the sun shining through. So That's now we're. Uh... <laughs> it's not true. Oh, come on, come on. Now let's let's not get angry. Let's not get angry. You know. Oh, my. Enough already. <laughs> Joe's like, I'm out of here. All right. So. And, <laughs> And um, and so let's all up. Uh, Ken Craig Reed says, "Great shirt." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> for special occasions. Absolutely. I bought this in 1986 when the album came out, and these days it wow. uh, usually only fits around my ankle. But um, <laughs> I'm wearing it tonight, breathing now, in real deep. <laughs> now, now, where where was that shirt sold back in 1986? I don't. Maybe at the fest. Mm. You know, I, I can't imagine any other place that I could have gotten it at the time. Okay, so unless it's not I an got official, I might have gotten a... it from Capital. I might have gotten okay. it from Capital. Yeah. Wow. Is it? Did they give you the album free when you got the shirt? <laughs> well, let's see. I got to remember that far back. Um, <laughs> probably. I was doing my show in New Jersey on WDHA when I was playing the album. They probably gave me a free album then. Mm -hmm. So nice. I'm sure. Mm. Hey, the Great. perks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Last, you know. All right. Well, we've got a lot of viewers tuning in. Hello, everybody, and they are they are amped to. Uh, you guys are amped to discuss press to play. So uh, so hold on to your comments before we get to that. As always, Ken is the man with the news and has a lot of news to share. So, Ken, what uh, what have you got? What's the news? So much can happen in two weeks, let me mm -hmm. tell you. Oh, we know that. <laughs> oh, yes. In our last show, our first news item was at the Fest for Beatle fans, due to run this coming weekend at the Hyatt Regency in New York, was canceled. And ironically, the first news item tonight is that it has been rescheduled. And uh, the date is a very easy one for us to remember because it starts on John's birthday, October 9th, 10th, and 11th. And as it says on the Fest website, thefest.com, all previously purchased tickets will be honored for the rescheduled dates. So if you bought a ticket for the Saturday show, it'll be honored for this Saturday show. And I'm pretty sure that if you made reservations at the hotel, they're going to honor that and just give you the same day that you picked for this coming weekend. I would double check with the hotel for sure. But that's certainly good news. And we do know, although we don't have all the details yet, if you want to share anything about this kit or guys, um, there will be a virtual broadcast of the fest this weekend. 
with um, I know for a fact that Lawrence Stuber, who's one of the guests for uh, was scheduled to be one of the guests this weekend. Um, he was due to do do a concert on Saturday at five o'clock. He's actually going to do it from his home studio online live. So that's a way of, uh, you know, beating the system here since uh, we're all hunkered down and we can't go to the fest this weekend. Uh, that's what Lawrence is going to do. And uh, have you heard any more, Kit, about this? Here. There is a possibility that we may be doing a virtual panel. Um, now, I'm still getting details. I don't know anything about timing and date yet. Um, that's still, I think details are still being worked out for all the panels and everything. So we will all, of course, let you know um, if it's uh, happening. Uh, just keep an eye on our Facebook page. Um, and I'm sure we'll all on our various Facebook page, YouTube channel, all that, uh, we'll uh, post information on that. So just uh, keep your eyes and ears open this week. Okay. Thanks, Kit. Mm -hmm. um, Ringo himself posted online regarding the coronavirus issue. He said, let's be careful and responsible. Everything will get better. Peace and love. Nice to have assurances from Ringo there. Now, since we're talking about rescheduled dates, there's a couple here I can mention to you. Record Store Day has been moved from April 18th to June 20th. We know there'll be the seven-inch vinyl record for the remixed Instant Karma and the Half Speed Master uh, vinyl album for the first McCartney album. Again, that's moved to June the 20th. There's a concert that I think I've mentioned here on this show. I know I mentioned it on the things we said today podcast but it's called the concert for bangladesh revisited it comes from a great band from long island called wondrous stories that have been around since the 90s every single year they recreate the concert for bangladesh and they play everything that was played at the concert for bangladesh mm. except the first piece from ravi shankar it's way too complicated <laughs> although you know, they usually substitute that with uh one of george harrison's indian songs like Within mm. You, Without You. But all the other stuff, the Leon Russell, the Bob Dylan, Ringo, Billy Preston, that's all covered along with George's material. And they do this show every single year, and all the proceeds go to benefit cancer research. It's an amazing show. And it was due to be run on March the 13th, and now it's rescheduled to May the 8th. It's at the Tilly Center in Brookville, Long Island. I certainly hope... You know, we keep on hearing about cancellations now. How far deep into the year can you go with it? May 8th is still fairly close. Let's hope they can pull that off. Okay. Uh, the Glastonbury Festival, which was due to celebrate its 50th anniversary on June 27th with Paul as the headlining act, has been canceled. Now, I'm sure what's on everyone's mind is what about Ringo's North American dates and Paul's European dates? I heard today that Paul's show at the Gofford Park in Ninjmagan, I hope I pronounced that right, in the Netherlands for May 29th has been canceled. And actually, Italy and France are in lockdown right now. Paul's tour was supposed to start May 23rd in France. Ringo's tour starts May 29th at the Casino Rama in Toronto. And if we hear of any cancellations, we'll let you know. Hopefully, we pray this can get out of the way fairly soon. We have no idea uh, how long this will last. Of course, the big news 
It always happens right after we do a broadcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Beatles Get Back documentary, directed by Peter Jackson, will be premiering in movie theaters in the U.S. and Canada on September the 4th. And additional details and dates for a global release will follow. The film is compiled from over 55 hours of unseen footage and 140 hours of mostly unheard recordings from the Let It Be sessions. The Walt Disney Studios have acquired the worldwide distribution rights. The new film will bring to light more of the intimate recording sessions for Let It Be and will include the entire 42-minute rooftop concert. Some quotes to read here. I'm sure many of you have seen this already. Peter Jackson said, working on this project has been a joyous discovery. I've been privileged to be a fly on the wall while the greatest band of all time works, plays, and creates masterpieces. I'm thrilled that Disney has stepped up as our distributor. There's no one better to have our movie seen by the greatest number of people. Paul McCartney is quoted as saying, I am really happy that Peter has delved into our archives to make a film that shows the truth about the Beatles recording together. The friendship and love between us comes over and reminds me of what a crazily beautiful time we had. Ringo Starr said, I'm really looking forward to this film. Peter is great, and it was so cool looking at all this footage. There was hours and hours of us just laughing and playing music, not at all like the version that came out. There was a lot of joy, and I think Peter will show that. I think this version will be a lot more peace and loving like we really were. The press release also goes to say that a fully restored version of the original Let It Be film will be available at a later date. Okay. Excuse me for a moment, folks. Sorry about this. I know it's live. I forgot something, <laughs> something very crucial here. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, we're talking about intimate details, and, you know, you don't want yeah. to show the intimate details of his hand. No. <laughs> I'll, run out of, I'll run out of power. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We can't That's let that good. happen. All right. All right. Uh, more news. George Harrison is on the front cover of the upcoming May issue for Uncut Magazine which already went on sale. The front page reads, he was on a spiritual journey, the untold stories behind his greatest albums. Lawrence Juber, who I just met, who, uh, who I just mentioned, uh, will be doing that live concert this Saturday, as he would have done at the fest from his own studio. He's been treating all of us. This is something new that he's doing. Every single day from his home studio, he does a mini concert. He performs two or three songs from his studio, and he does that on his Facebook page. Yep. He does this 1.30 his time, Pacific time, 4.30 Eastern time. Become friends with Lawrence. Get on his Facebook page. You can see him perform live as it's happening, and it also stays on Facebook as well. And uh, if we can, we'll all share those performances because they're wonderful. There's a new song from Graham Goldman out. And it's called Standing Next to Me. He has a new album called Modesty Forbids, which was released on March the 13th. This new song, Standing Next to Me, has Ringo on drums. And it's all about Graham's experience joining the All-Stars and working with Ringo. Ringo was quoted as saying, it was such a thrill for me to have Graham in my All-Star band in 2018 with his great songs and great bass playing and his very British personality. And look what happens. He goes home and writes a great song and asked me to play drums on it. It was my honor because the track is fab, and I want to congratulate him on such a good album, too. So again, new song from Graham Goldman with Ringo on drums, all about the experience he had being in Ringo's All-Stars, standing next to me. Again, the album's called Modesty for Bits. 
Okay, very nice. Uh, a few more things. A new book will be coming out on George Harrison called Be Here Now. Uh, it won't be until September 29th this year. It's written by Chris Murray and Barry Feinstein. It will coincide with the 50th anniversary to George's classic All Things Must Pass album, although Be Here Now is not from that album. Described as having never before seen uh, candid photos and ephemera of George during his meteoric rise in his solo career, captured by his friend and photographer, Barry Feinstein. We also want to wish a happy birthday to Paul's drummer for the past 20 years, Abe Laboreal Jr., who's 49 today, and uh, my co-host, Darren DeVivo, who turns 55 today. All right, Darren? And... Um, I just thought I'd mention very quickly the passing of Kenny Rogers, which was uh, a shock to many of us. Uh, he was 81 years old. Of course, he was in the band, The First Edition, who I did not realize until right after his passing. That band recorded a version of Paperback Writer, which was on their album Rollin' in 1971. Um, of course, we had so many hits. I just want to mention one thing. I mean, obviously, it's a great loss, and I'm sure we have a lot of Kenny Rogers fans uh, listening. But I always remember when I first started doing a Beatles show in 1982, um, I was always looking for news on the show. And one of the many sources I used was Beatle Monthly. And there was a report back then that Paul McCartney had written a song for Kenny Rogers to report, mm. and that Kenny turned it down. Wow. I've never heard anything else about that. Nobody's ever asked Paul about that. Kenny yeah. Rogers also ended up working with George Martin, so maybe it was around that time, too. But, um, yeah, very sad to hear about Kenny Rogers, but great legacy of songs he's left us. Yeah, absolutely. I read something somewhere that Prince wrote a song for him as well. I spread that too. Kenny yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kenny was a mm -hmm. big fan of Prince's and pretty uh, <clears throat> called him up and said, write a song for me, and he did. Mm. Um, and I can't remember the name of the song now. Uh, I'm looking. I'm going to look it up. I have uh, to hear this after the show. I'll go yeah. Ahead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Kenny Rogers covered Prince. Yeah. Okay. What was the What was the release date on that? Uh, be here now, Ken. Was there a release date? September twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. Yep. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> Thank That's you. That's all the news. Mm. All right. Jam-packed news, and and uh, by the way, and uh, uh, Terry uh, Terry Whitney pointed out she's been listening, uh, watching the Lawrence performances too, as have I. Uh, the other day, he did a stunning version of Little mm. Wing that I, mm. I that, that just blew me away. Uh, if you can, definitely tune into his his uh, con mini kind of mini concerts every day. They're, they're he's amazing. He blows everybody away. Every time Absolutely. I go to the fest and he's a guest, there's always people there in the audience that have never seen him perform live, and they're just so impressed. <laughs> yep. You know, I bet they wish he was there every single year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I would I'd love it, too. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, one of our viewers, Richard Dolan, hi there, uh, says, I'm ready to defend Paul. So yeah, all he's right. raring to go. He's raring to go. So, what do you mean? Right. I don't think you have anything to worry about, Richard. I think we're going to have a lot of defending of Paul here tonight. I, I need some detractors. No, we'll see. Right. We'll see. All right. So let's let's get to it. So press to play. This came at a, at a very interesting point in his career. You know, remember, he, uh, Paul was coming off of 
Pipes of Peace, which, while it had the huge hit of Say, 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 which we've talked about a lot in this show, um, you know, uh, critically was not, you know, as much of a high point for him. And then came Broad Street. Um, which, of course, uh, the movie did not do well commercially or critically. Um, so he was in a spot where he felt, I think, he needed to change up a sound, you know, needed to um, be more modern. And so he decided not to work with George Martin this time, wanted to work with some different producers and started, you know, this, this new phase with Spies Like Us. You know, that was sort of the, the first, you know, first inkling that this was going to be a new, more modern Paul. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but then in 1986 came Press to Play. And a brand new producer also brought in some uh, heavyweights, Phil Collins um, and Pete Townsend uh, guested, but otherwise some, you know, studio pros. And yep. uh, so comes out. So you guys now, Tom, I know you've said you didn't listen to it when it first came out, but but listen to it later. What yeah. were your first? Yeah. Th- yeah. yeah. What were your first impressions, no matter when you heard it? Um, well, well, yeah, well, being yeah. the, being, Tom, what do you, think? you know, you know, being born in 73 and being an eighties kid, you know, I, that music is, I mean, familiar with it, uh, very familiar with it. And, and I've accepted it over the years. I don't like all of it. I do appreciate some of it. Um, however, McCartney has established himself as, as a certain musician. I mean, obviously he loves to experiment and I love that he loves to do that. And I know he wants to, you know, in the eighties, he started working with the hot producers at the time, uh, trying to change his sound a little bit. And I was for that. And then when I first heard that album, I did get to see press when it premiered on MTV. And I thought it was a, a good song. Um, and I, I think the song was made better by the fun video. And I, I really enjoyed it even then. Um, but then once I did, uh, start listening to the album in the early nineties, um, it was a little different. I don't know if I would say I wasn't prepared for what I was hearing because, you know, you listen to the first couple of songs and, you know, you don't, you know, with, with Stranglehold and Good Times Coming, you you might be expecting something a little different. And then you get into, you know, Talk More Talk and then you get to Pretty Little Head, Move Our Busker. It's a whole different thing. And even though I'm more in the middle of this, when it comes to this album, I can understand why people might not like it. I can understand why people love it. Um, but it's not always something that I go to listen to. However, I'm not, I don't hate it for, for, I don't hate the album at all. I, I still enjoy a lot of it, but there are some of, some of the album, which we'll get to when we get to the songs that still, no matter how many times I listen to it, I mean, you can listen to a song millions of times and if it just doesn't agree with you, it just doesn't agree with you. I don't care if there's a story to the song. I don't care if the you know lyrics are great or what, but if you listen to it a million times and if you're just not digging it, then, you know, I mean, what else is there to say, you know, but, but there is, you know, there is times where I really like a lot of this album. And then there's a little bit here and there where this album just doesn't 
you know, work for me. And, you know, once we get to the songs, I'll point out yeah. for what works and what, what doesn't work for me. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Joe, how about you? Just, just sort of in general. Before oh, we can I just get... want, and I just want to, oh, oh, can yeah. I just want to say one, la one last thing is I really think the success of spies like us being a top 10 hit really influenced him to kind of go into that direction as well. You know, I, I, I think, you know, cause it was more of a little, you know, 80 sound. I know how much Ken likes that, that term. Um, I do think that with, with that song being successful, I think that kind of gave him the confidence to kind of go into that, to the, in, in, go to that direction. So, but so, that's okay. it. Okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 I absolutely, I, I agree with that. So, okay, uh, Joe, just, just overall, and, and our viewer Marvin G says, I'm ready to hear Joe's take. <laughs> All right. So he remembers, he remembers, a lot of people who watch my channel for any length of time, the video is no longer up, but other people have taken oh, no. copies uh -oh, of it. Uh -oh. um, uh, I kind of, I kind of did a review on it once, and I was, you know, joking around to, you know, so, like, just first, first general impression. Yeah. All right. Well, um, in '86, um, yeah. first of all, I, I want to say though, I did love "Spies Like Us." Mm -hmm. I think it, Paul really rocks out on it. I love the way it just builds to that ending, especially mm -hmm. when he's really going crazy with it. Mm -hmm. um, so, I enjoy "Spies Like Us." I'm also an, a fan of '80s music. Uh, I love the '80s, and uh, during the Particularly around 83 was really when I was at 84. I was going to clubs a lot. That was just my time when I was out, you know, just starting to go to clubs, have some drinks, dance, all this stuff. And so I loved the 80s. But when that album came out, I just didn't like anything about it. I didn't like a single track on it at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, most of the time... I find even with Paul, as much as I love Paul, a lot of his albums, even the best ones, on first listen, I was like, "Gee, I got to, I got to give this a couple of listens," and then I come to usually love them. Some examples would be Tug of War of all things. I remember hearing it and saying, oh, "I don't know," a couple of tracks I liked immediately on Tug of War, but I needed after the third listen, I'm like, "What? What was I crazy? I really like this. this is a great album. It's so well produced." Same thing for albums like. Uh, the album Flaming Pie, first time, you know, I was like, I came to love it. Flaming Pie is now in my personal top five. Same thing with uh, his album New that came out in 2013. I was saying, where's all, where's all the catchy hooks and everything? And after the second or third listen, I'm like, yeah, there they are. And I really liked it. The reason I'm saying this, and New is also, by the way, along with Flaming Pie, in my top five. The reason I'm building up to that is just to cover myself because in subsequent listens with Press to Play, it just never, ever grew on me. And uh, it's got to the point where there were a few songs I do enjoy. I'm going to tell you, uh, for example, uh, Press, the single, I think is helped immeasurably by the video, which uh, Tom had said how much he, he enjoys the video with it. That sold me right away. Sometimes that can happen, you know? It's funny how that works sometimes. That's why they do them, right? Some of these videos. And I love that song now. And I also love Only Love Remains, which even that one didn't really tickle my fancy for the longest time. But I played the album... I'm going to say this is 34 years, 10 to 12 times. Now, that's not a heck of a lot of times in 34 years, but I just couldn't. Every time I try to go back to it, I'm like, I just wasn't getting into it. And I played it 
one other time, this last couple of weeks since our last show, I said, let me give it a few more spins. I'll tell you, honestly, I, I, I was really like, I, I, want, I wanted it to end. If I'm to be honest about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I like what I like on there. And there were a few others that we'll get into. I'm not, I'll name some other things I do enjoy somewhat, you know, but cause we don't want to go through all the songs right here. But uh, it's just one that never grew on me, no matter how many listens that I've given it. Uh, unlike the other ones I mentioned earlier, which came to be real favorites. So and it's not it's not the for me personally, I know some people are turned off by the 80s production. For me, it's not that at all. I mean, uh, press has a, the song press has '80s vibe to it. Pretty little head has uh, I kind of enjoy bits of that. That has kind of a, you know, it, uh, I guess you'd say what uh, with a band, Dead or Alive or uh, Depeche Mode, even something that kind of '80s deep kind of voice. And I kind of like that about it. But overall, uh, to me, it's if I'm going to list them, probably next to last album for me uh the studio original studio albums so it just never you know it just, it just never, never really clicked you know clicked. uh i wish yeah. everything could click most do most of them yeah. do. just never clicked with me still hasn't yeah well and that's and that's the case i mean absolutely some some do some don't i mean that was driving rain with me I mean that's that's the reaction I had with that. So I'm sure we'll we'll get to that in a future. I'll episode. save that for another time. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for another time. But just as a you know, just an, an example that yeah, I mean sometimes it just doesn't you know doesn't hit you absolutely. So uh, okay, Ken, I I think I can guess what your answer will be. But <laughs> what what were your first impressions? Well, when it comes to most albums, it takes me a while to get to know it. Mm-hmm. Every single album on first listen, there'll be a few songs that leap at you, that you mm. like instantly. And then the rest of the album, you got to get to know. So, like, for example, when Egypt Station came out, I'm certainly glad I didn't make a comment about it on first listen. It took me like five or six listens before I was really hooked on Egypt Station. But when Press to Play came out, I immediately loved Press as a single. I don't, I can't understand why it wasn't a bigger hit. I've never been affected by videos. I like watching videos, but the music is always separate for me, so I don't judge a song based on the power of the video. Um, but Press, I think, is an outstanding song. Incredibly catchy. Love the guitar solo in there. Yeah. Um, the production. Yeah. Um, Only Love Remains from the get-go has been, to me, the greatest love song that Paul has done after the Beatles. You know, and he's done quite a lot of great love songs. But everything about that song, I love compositionally, production wise. His vocals are amazing. But, um, you know, when the 80s were around, I liked them. You know, I think I love the 80s music a lot more now than I ever did. I was never anybody that was ever affected by this this idea of certain music being dated. And we've talked about this here on this show. I don't. It has no effect on what I think about the music because, like I've said, a lot of early Beatles music to some people sounds very dated. A song like She Loves You, to me, is a very dated song. Do you think it's dated, guys? Y- yeah, but like you say, it doesn't, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah right. but, but I'm just trying to prove a point. Yeah. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. people think Sgt. Pepper is a very dated album. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever going to stop me from loving 
that album. So yeah. every time I keep hearing that an album or a song is dated or is of its time, it really bothers me because if you think the only music that's worth listening to is what sounds contemporary, then you're eliminating most of the music that's ever been recorded. So um, that would be, you know, a great injustice. We shouldn't just listen to songs that sound fresh and contemporary. So the 80s stuff, over time, I've grown to really love this album. It is now my second favorite McCartney album, post Beatles, including Wings, Right Behind Flowers in the Dirt. And in particular, I especially love the songs that we tend to think of for the 80s, like Talk More Talk, um, Pretty Little Head. There was never a song like Pretty Little Head that Paul ever put out before that song. I love the fact that he was doing something different. Mm -hmm. And any time that he experiments and does something that is, um, you know, it's not something that's safe, what you expect him to do, um, not in his comfort zone, I really, you know, appreciate him for doing that. And I admire him for doing that. And I don't think he was trying to copy Phil Collins or the other artists of that time. I think no matter what, when Paul writes a song, he has his own style of writing. A Paul McCartney composition doesn't sound like a Phil Collins composition or a police composition from Sting, who also had Hugh Padgham working right. with. Right. It's just the production that was applied to It's the production. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, I mean, Pretty Little Head and Talk More Talk don't sound anything like a Phil Collins song to me. And I think it really worked. I love love the production on press to play it's as flawless an album in production as you can get as far as i'm concerned the balance of everything is wonderful um and i actually i love every single song on that album including the three bonus tracks and you know there's a lot of paul mccartney albums where i'll say i like every song i won't say i love every song but i do love every song on press to play I really do. Um, I love the variety on it. I love the the traditional Paul, like Only Love Remains, and I love the adventurous Paul in Talk More Talk and Press and Pretty Little Head. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, I loved it from the very beginning. It took a while for me to for it to grow on me, but it's one that I've really grown to appreciate a lot through all these years. Yep. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and I... I have to say, I'll echo what Tom said. I'm an '80s kid, and uh, I, I guess, I had a couple of reactions to it. That on the one hand, yes, when you first listen to something like like Pretty Little Head, it is a little bit of a shock, you know, because mm -hmm. coming off of like No More Lonely Nights, so, you know, right. which was a huge hit at the time, yeah, that's that's a little bit of a, <laughs> a little shock to the system. That does not sound like, you know the Paul McCartney, you know, um, but um, it, on the other hand, it did fit in very much with what I was listening to at the time as, as well. So it wasn't that big of a shock for me that I couldn't enjoy it. Um, and so uh, really when, when I thought it was great to, you know, start off uh, the whole album with Stranglehold, I mean, to immediately have yeah. that drum, <clears throat> You know, boom, you know, and then the yeah. guitar coming in. I mean, I thought that was, that immediately grabbed me. I mean, that just immediately made me listen. Um, and sure, there was some weird, you know, some weird stuff on there. But I mean, that's, I, I thought that was 
cool. I mean, it was just a way for him to stretch out a bit. And I, I wrote uh, about this, uh, this album a bit and, and a book you guys may have heard of called songs we're singing. It's, you know, <laughs> just a cheap plug, cheap plug. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, I did, but one of the things that, that I pointed out, so, Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> uh, but, but in it, I talk about how, you know, this could be seen as sort of a precursor to what he started doing with the fireman and, and exactly. you know, things like, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's, uh, and he was praised for doing that later. And right. for some reason, when he did it for, for press to play, I mean, just some people just, you know, lambasted him for it. Um, so I, I mean, there are so I, I, there are you know, one or two tracks I'm a little iffier about, but for the most part, I, I really enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I still play it quite often. I, and uh, we'll, we'll get into some ind individual tracks next. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it has a lot of variety to it. Um, and, you know, as I've been listening again to some of the songs the last few days, it really hasn't dated as much as I thought it had. Um, you know, some of the, the production, because I know that's the complaint than a number of people have and not all of it is that dated i i don't think and and ken you you've made the point a number of times and i think it's true that if if peter gabriel had recorded yes. this album uh, that it, it wouldn't hold have... on hold 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 the phone hold the phone ken, uh -oh. i've heard ken say this many a times many times here's the thing here's the thing People right, like Peter right. Gabriel and people like David Bowie, they establish them, them, themselves as people mm -hmm. of chameleons and people that will change, and it's accepted yeah. from them. It's yeah, not necessarily it's accepted, not really expected or accepted from people from like Paul. And you can't compare those. The, you can't compare all everybody else from Paul. Paul is a completely different planet. Yeah. And he's established himself as a pop artist, a hit maker, somebody that the whole, I mean, <sighs> you don't have to be a hardcore fan, you know, to like a lot of Paul's music, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, right. So I think that's something completely different when you say mm -hmm. if, you know, Peter Gabriel, which he has done music like this, yeah. And, yeah. Hugh, and, yeah. Hugh, and Hugh has worked with Peter Gabriel. And yes. as a matter of fact, the drummer, the drummer has played with Peter Gabriel, Jerry, um, Murata. Uh, Murata, you know, so, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the guitar player right. Carlos has played with Bowie. So, right. I mean, so I can see that him getting that help from, from that, from those camps, you know, yeah. and I accept that he wants to try this and I, and I think that's great, but I don't think you can say that because it's different. Mm -hmm. I think it's apples and oranges. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah, Peter Gabriel never would have recorded only Love Remains. I agree with that. The thing to me is to me, uh, a mediocre song is a mediocre song, and this album is full of them, as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. It's some of Paul's less works that he's ever done, uh, except for Only Love Remains. I think Only Love Remains is probably the only song where I could ever think that it's a Paul classic or, you know, close to it. Not everything has to be a classic, because I'll be, I try to be fair now. I love Back to the Egg. Mm -hmm. It's one of my all time favorite albums that Paul was involved in, and yet you might also 
argue the same thing. Well, does it have to be a class? Is there anything on there that's really class, a classic song? Maybe, maybe not. But for me, that's what I'm trying to stress in my opinion of this is that mm -hmm. to me, it's just that the songs weren't there for me, for me, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's not the production. If Peter Gabriel had done, I don't care who did. No, I don't like the songs much, uh, mm -hmm. except for, you know, the two that I mentioned then bits and pieces and things about some other ones have moments. And I, I, I what I think is interesting is I was listening to the CD and you learn something new every day, even though I should have known this years ago. <laughs> but uh, looking at the, the authors, the co-authoring with Eric Stewart, I said, huh. I said, Only Love Remains is all McCartney. I don't know if that's anything to do with it. And so is Press, I believe. Right. And there were a lot of the ones that I wasn't so keen on were McCartney slash Stewart. Now, I... I didn't do that, you know, intentionally. I just was looking at it and I mm -hmm. thought, well, I didn't really realize that he was involved in so many of the co-authors. I, I really didn't. Oh, yeah. Be because, uh, you know, you have, it's like, why, you know, do you listen to something if you don't really care for it the first handful, four, five, six times, whatever it might be? Why? Because it's Paul. And I want to try to hope that that day comes where it clicks, uh, you know. Uh -huh. But it just it hasn't come yet, but it's not over till it's over. I have to say, you know, this is, this is my opinion that I think that all the songs here are strong. I mean, let's face it, there, Oklahoma was never like this is not exactly the greatest lyric in a song. No. And from what from what I read, it was a line that stuck in Paul's head and he couldn't get it out and he couldn't right. think of something that would fit at the time that would make better sense. So we just went with it. Well, the okay, salamander so line and getting close is not great right. either, but I but no. I like I like that I love that song though. <laughs> okay, so, but you know, I just love all the different songs and the variety in there. You've got more traditional, like I said, Paul Stranglehold yep. is more of a traditional sound from him. Yeah, Move absolutely. over Musker is more of a traditional sound from him. May West in a sweaty vest, notwithstanding. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think as compositions. They're very good and they're very interesting. You know, I love the fact that he, you know, experimented, like I said, mm -hmm. and gave you something different. That's Absolutely. what I like yeah. most of all about after, see, in the 70s, with the one exception, well, a couple exceptions, of George Martin producing Live and Let Die and Chris Thomas co-producing Back to the Egg, Paul right. produced everything. Mm -hmm. And then he had the George Martin trilogy there. With right. the three albums that he produced. So then he started thinking to himself, you know, who, who should I work with? And he didn't want to have to produce entirely by himself. So we went with a lot of the contemporary producers of that time. And it was also because, I'm sure, he admired their work. Yeah. You know, just like um, he admired the producer for Adele. You know, mm -hmm. Greg Kirsten for Egypt Station. He listens to some of what's out there today. And if he likes the sound, he wants to go with some of those producers. And I do happen to feel that there's a lot of fans out there, especially, and I see this a lot in social media, that don't like when Paul tries to sound contemporary. Yeah. So you could say whether it's through Hugh Padgham or it's through Greg Kirsten, Ryan Tedder. You know, I've seen comments. Please don't work with Ryan Tedder again. You know, there are love nothing for don't... free. You can't get more bizarre and un unusual, unconventional for Paul than that. And well, I like that. I, I love that. <laughs> but I'm yeah. saying that there's there's a trend here of fans that don't really want to see change. 
Right. Change in yeah. there are some. There are some. Yeah. Rather that Paul was the old Paul of Beatle Paul or the seventies Paul that had that certain more pure organic sound, and those mm -hmm. fans tend to gravitate towards albums like Flaming Pie or Chaos and Creation in the Backyard, and they don't like the more modern stuff. I'm glad that you like new, Joe. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Would, love it. But there are fans that don't like when Paul is working with the new producers or new artists of today because they see that as him trying to want to have a hit again and he should be more true to his roots. But in, in, but I think the exact opposite. Yeah, I like when Paul works with different producers because every album has a different sound to it. Yeah. And that way they it didn't... doesn't get boring. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they didn't say that about the Beatles when Sgt. Pepper came out. That didn't sound like the yeah. Beatlemania stuff. But this stuff, is why I want, I want to throw in McCartney, too, again. Now, there's a talk, mm -hmm. let's talk about an album that I didn't, you know, first listen to. I was like, uh, oh, my goodness, what's this? Yeah. I love McCartney, too. Lo absolutely love it. And I loved it in 1980. That's the same, like, the summer that it came out after a few listens. So, and again, I, I guess I'm, I'm speaking just for myself, you know, again, my opinion mm -hmm. of, of what I like and don't like. But... Uh, you can't get more experimental trying something odd doesn't sound like you than that and I liked it because I just think it, it for me the songs are appealing uh, it's kind of funny even stuff even stuff like I guess bogey music dark it's, it's up, I think it's, I it's the tone I think it's the tone of the production uh, and and to me like in McCartney too like a you know bogey music or you know mm -hmm. uh, coming up I mean it's I, it sounds more positive or it just sounds more uplifting or, or however you want to say I don't know if I'm describing it right so where mm -hmm. some of the tones on press the play maybe be a little bit more eerie or a little bit more yeah. down it's just in, you know in, in from my from my listening experience um but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you know i hate it by any anybody oh, no. but i i just think but i think it's something a lot of people just gravitate towards that more you know poppy uplifting you know sound mm -hmm. yeah speaking so speaking of tracks and and some yeah. of our viewers are are already throwing in That's what true. are some of you think are some of the stronger tracks uh, on uh, on this uh, album? You know, some of the ones that you think are are some of the you know ones that really stand out. So, uh, so Joe, you've you've mentioned only love remains. Okay, I, I uh, think that's some of the stronger tracks. Only yeah. love remains. Uh, no, yeah. no. Um, good times coming. Feel feel the sun. I kind of even back in '86, I was I like that. So that's okay. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't love it but uh, i was thinking how I, I could never put my finger on what the beginning sounds like when you hear the people check good times coming. the way so like, yeah like, maybe they're like playing uh, uh, on the beach or something or sometimes right. I think it's like a Vi viagra commercial now or some kind of like <laughs> <laughs> like some kind of like an ad for a drug or something yeah you know <laughs> by today's standards but uh i, I kind of have fun with that um talk more talk i actually I'm glad to say because that's our that's our title. Song. <laughs> I, but I like the the chorus of that. I don't like. I think a lot of people have said the, 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 all that the talking effect, dialogue, or all that. I'm not wild about that. I kind of that kind of gets in the way a little for me. Um, um, uh, footprints. I know everybody loves footprints. I I think it's it's okay. I don't. I'm supposed to like it a lot more, I think, as a Paul fan, because you think I would. But uh, I, I, that's one of the better tracks, I think. 
move over busker i like the vibe to it i kind of like you know the melody the tune and everything uh the the chorus some of the lyrics i don't like uh it's funny though i've said this a million times if you don't really like a song too much you could you could pick on lyrics and say yeah look at the lyrics but if you love a song, whether it's Bebop Alula or something like that, you don't care, you know. Uh-huh. You just, <laughs> you know, who cares? You say my Salamander, and you know, and I love it's a good rocker. Right. Getting closer. Um, and however absurd, I, even after all these decades, I still can't make up my mind after like a dozen or more listens if I like it or not. It's like <laughs> I think so. I'm like I think I might, but I'm not sure. You know, it's yeah. it's just a weird song. Yeah. Um, that one for me. I agree. And the angry, you know, angry, to me, that's just a throwaway rocker, you know, just a rocker, uh, <laughs> but not a good one. It's just it's not bad. None of these, I would say, none of these, by the way, would I say, wow, these are absolutely horrible. To me, I'd say they're unremarkable, with the exception yeah. of uh, Preston, Only Love Remains, yeah. maybe. Uh, there's some thoughts for you. All right. Absolutely. I, and yeah, I agree with you, by the way, on footprints. I've just, I, I know, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, I feel like I should like it more than I do. And it's just never really. For me, it's got its moments. It's in yeah, the beginning, it does. The beginning uh, part. Um, but it, yeah, love the beginning. Love the beginning. But yeah, it just kind of drifts off after that. And that's just yeah. so. So yeah. once again, yeah. <laughs> once yeah, again we agree. I'm relieved. On I'm relieved. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ken. How now? I know you, you like all the, you know, <laughs> all the tracks, but what are some <laughs> that you think are particularly, uh, particularly strong? Well, I, I, as I said, Only Love Remains. I think is the greatest love song of his of his post Beatles career. Um, I it's actually tough on a tightrope, which is one of the three bonus tracks on the on the CD. I think is an amazing song. You know, I, I just think that melodically everything works. That middle bridge. I'm often accused of giving too little. It's got me confused. I'm split down the middle. You know that whole part. That's very Beatley too. Um, as is, however, absurd, which is yeah. probably the most Beatles song on on the album. But yep. um, you know, there are times when I'm like, God, got to hear Pretty Little Head again because I love the whole production behind it. I love, you know, the use of the the heavy drums. I love the vibraphone that's used in it. Um, by the way, we didn't mention. I mean, we said um, Eric Stewart. Eric Stewart wrote. Um, this is off the top of my head here. I think it's six of the ten songs on the on the vinyl album, and yeah. all together, I think it's eleven or twelve. 13. Yeah, but yeah. I think it was like eleven or twelve altogether. I think some, including you've on the one, which was never, right. you know, except for on the ten CC album, which is but, a very good song. That one I really yeah, liked. Yeah, I like great it. Song. It on the one. Yeah, yeah. Really I agree. Is. That should have been on the album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love I love Paul's writing with Eric Stewart, and I think it's a it's a real shame that they didn't do more work together. And the story goes, by the way, we didn't mention this, that when the album was first, when they started working on it, Eric Stewart was supposed to yes. be the producer or Eric he thought. Could have, yeah. And uh, eventually Hugh Padgham became the producer and Eric wasn't too happy about it. And, and Eric is not too crazy about the finished product, the way that it came no. out. Right. So um, it might be interesting when the day comes when there's an archival box set of Press to Play, to hear earlier versions 
of the songs, maybe more that that Eric Stewart was producing or supervising at the time. I know there's a bootleg on some of that stuff with earlier versions, but um, I love the writing between Paul and Eric Stewart. I think it's really strong. Footprints is actually, that's a favorite of mine. I love the imagery that's in Footprints. Magpie and a a lonely old man in the snow. That's the bootleg Mm. right there. Yep. Um, Yeah, it's a beautiful song and it builds with the the white blanket bit. Um, I love that. And that uh, nice. it's a nice, you know, it's a nice image. It is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jerry Murata does great drumming on it. Really, yes. the core of the album is Paul it's Eric Stewart, Jerry, Jerry Murata. Yes, right. But Carlos Alomar was brought in. Mm-hmm. Right. Done a ton of work, known for being with David Bowie. A lot of his guitar playing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. on the album, especially the lead guitar work on Good Times Come and Feel the Sun. That's another brilliant medley of two songs yeah. that somehow seamlessly work together. You know, you start off with a reggae-ish song like Good Times Coven, Coming, and it goes into a catchy chorus like Feel the Sun, and it just really works. Stranglehold is an excellent, excellent opening number. Yeah. Um, you know, all the songs really work here. I, when Paul is at his best, is when he gives you variety and he excels with the songs that he writes. I disagree with you, Joe, respectfully yeah, I was gonna about, say, well. <laughs> about you don't like the songs. I think they're all no. very well written. Forget about Oklahoma was never like this. That's one of my favorite songs. They're good. Another okay. I don't have to use Salamander. I could use that one because right. I like okay. that song. <laughs> you know, it's like you said, you can sing along to songs with some nonsense lyrics and not care if you love the song or not. Right. And there are times when Paul has done that with some nonsense lyrics. Junior's farm. along with it anyway. I'm fine yeah. with Junior's um, oh, yeah, Junior's farm. I, I, one of my all-time favorite rockers ever of his. Yeah. Beatles or or after, and nonsense a lot of it, if not all of it. I mean, yeah. I really, I, I I love it. So there you go. You know, when you like you it, know. it's working for you. The words yeah. are all right. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's Absolutely. talking about the president. We all chipped in for a bag of cement. Bag of cement. Right. What does that mean? Whatever you want. Exactly. Whatever you want. Um, and angry, I completely disagree with you, Joe. <laughs> angry is like a sped up soily. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not wild about soily really either. Is, oh, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I enjoy watching it. I, I mean, a lot of it's like that. Some concert things I can enjoy in concert. Um, you know, I don't like hearing it as much as well. I like Beware My Love a lot. How's that? Okay, mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, and, and the bonus tracks on the CD make a huge difference for me. Yeah. I mean, if I was just judging this album on the 10 songs on the vinyl, it may not be my number two album, but those extra three songs make a huge difference. Agreed. I'm not wild about the extra songs either, Ken. I got to let you down there, oh! too. I, I uh, actually, I, you know, um, but, it, but the one thing about those, are somehow, how it happens, who knows, as a collector and a fan, but over the, over the decades, I haven't really heard those. Those I haven't really heard much. So I only played them a couple of times. They didn't, they didn't really uh, do anything for me. Uh, although I haven't heard, I don't think I've heard Hang Glide, Hang Glide though. Oh, we got to talk about Hang Glide. Yeah, Hang, Hang Glide is, I think, would make an excellent um, uh, a track for McCartney too. Myself, I, you know, I think oh, wow. at five minutes it might be a little too long, but I, I think it's it's a really nice uh, nice little work between Eric Stewart and Paul McCartney as well. Yes, yeah, Saul Perez is talking about that, uh, not the video, but in the what is that video? The, uh, 
home video thing when he's in the studio and he's yeah. doing it. He says, cheapest video I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that bit. I love when he's he's playing that in the studio. He's going through it yeah. in that. I forget what the what the documentary that was. Yeah, I forget mm. too. So but, uh, All right, Tom, Tom, what are you Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Tom Brennan wrote, Oklahoma was never like this. The movement you need is on your shoulder. What's the difference? A lot of difference. A lot of difference. And not just because it's John. I always love that line. Yeah. Uh, and be and then later when I heard him say that John insisted, that's a good line. You got to keep that line. I thought, oh, I know. Great, it was John. I never knew that. You know, I don't know. Like the wherewithal, the motivation you need is right here. You know, it's right here on your head. It's right there. Okay, it's how you <laughs> interpret it. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Tom, what are some of your favorite uh, well, strongest tracks? Yeah, you know, one of the one of my favorite parts about 80s music is there was a lot of great songs that had a lot of great sax work in it. You know, a lot of great sax mm -hmm. solos, you know, whether it was throughout the song or they, it was just a solo. Um, but and I and I love Stranglehold for that um, because of I, it's, I think it was great sax work um, by Dick Morrissey, which I think Paul said was his favorite saxophone player um, at that time. Um, the album came out in August. Okay, um, summertime. What song on this album feels like summertime to you? You know, good times, good times coming. coming. Feel yeah. the sum. I think that would have made a pretty good first single. Just my opinion. Um, you know, I, I like the vocals on it. I think, um, I think it could have done without the feel the sun because it's at three and a half minutes when it goes into uh, feel the sun. I like the good times coming. I think it's an excellent track. Um, the feel the sun part is good, I think, but I think he could have cut that part off and just, and just left it as is, but I enjoyed it either way. You know, it's not a big, uh, big deal for me, but um, what else? Um, I can't get over that eerie beginning and the talking on talk more talk, you know, to the beginning and then towards the end, it's just, it just creeps me out. It's like a Revolution 9 bit, you know? I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I think, well, you know, Footprints for me, I think, is is the, the hidden gem. Like, I think Don said that earlier on the show. Um, it's I think it's beautiful. I love the Spanish guitar work. I love the singing. Um, a lot of the lyrics I like. I like the, the, you know, the old white blanket part of the songs. I think that's really nice. Um, Ken, you know, Only Love Remains. It's great. But I don't think it's maybe I'm amazed and No More Lonely Nights and My Love Great. I think yeah, I, I have to concur. Just, I, I appreciate I it. I respect just, Ken's opinion, but I, I don't think it's near his best. But it, but it's great. It's a great song. I love it. And, you know, Press, okay. uh, you know, of course, is good. Now, Pretty Little Head, I will say I love the the 12-inch version of that because then I mean, his vocals are a little bit more clear. I do respect what you said, Ken, because I do appreciate him changing his voice because that, you know, the voice you hear on the album, it's kind of like muddled. It's kind of like a little hidden. Um, you don't really understand exactly what he's saying unless you're go reading the lyrics. Um, when you when you listen to the 12-inch, you kind of understand him a little better. And then if you watch the video, which is right here on McCartney years uh, of Pretty Little Head, it, what does it start with? Anybody know? She's leaving home. She's leaving home, exactly. Yep. Which oh, I right, think, right. And that's another video you mentioned that I enjoy. I like that yeah. video. I like the video. Great video. Which I yeah. think was a Very nice. Weird. I think it was a nice little <laughs> yeah. touch. I think it was weird. a nice little touch to that. Um, angry, if I can just say, I I'm, again, Ken, sorry, but I just think it was a waste of talent of of, of Pete's and Phil's talent. 
I, you know, I think those guys are two very talented musicians, and it's an okay rocker in my opinion. But I, I just think it could have been better if you have Pete Townsend and Phil Collins, Paul McCartney. I love the beginning bass line of Paul. I think that's excellent. Mm. Uh, I think his vocals are excellent, but I just think it could have been fine without with with just uh, Jerry and, and Carlos working on that and Paul and, and Eric. I don't think you needed. I think it was kind of like almost like a, a wasted uh, opportunity. Um, in my opinion, with with Pete Townsend and Phil Collins on that song. Um, okay. However, Serb, I, I you know it's very Beatlesque, very Lennonish. Um, I like his, I like how his vocals sound on that, but I but it's also very, you know, to my ears, it's kind of down. You know, it, it's just the melody and and the way it sounds. It's kind of like down. I'm still trying to hear the Beatles the Beatles yeah. connection in it. I, to me personally. Don't seem like doesn't sound. I think like it, I think it's very. very I think it's, yeah. I think it's very sixty seven. Why don't I love it then? <laughs> I, I always wonder probably, that about Beatles as long as it sounds probably like because John's not on it maybe I don't know um, <laughs> no, no, no. but for me Stranglehold Good Times Coming Footprints Only Love Remains Press um, those five songs make this album for me uh, right away um, it's in the same writing style as I'll Give You a Ring which I think is uh, excellent mm-hmm. um, I love you know and it's not true I think it's a great song as well and Tough type, tough on a Tightrope I agree with you Ken those three songs um, add to to the album I think it makes it a better album as well and um, you know maybe you know it would have been cool to see Spies Like Us on the, on the finished album but uh, I think it's great where it is I think it works better as a standalone anyways um, but um, okay. what? <laughs> no, before I forget I, oh, I think I remembered you can't judge an album by its cover this is a beautiful cover yes, it's it a is. beautiful cover but mm-hmm. what the heck does it have to do with the album and it doesn't, <laughs> and it doesn't even have it doesn't have to necessarily but wouldn't this have been so good like uh, on a standards album or something like it's old it's very like old-fashioned, retro kind of, that would fit like on, on like the Kiss on the Bottom type of thing uh, if, he had mm. done a, if he had done a standards album around this time. So I just thought I'd throw that in. I mean, I, the cover's a beautiful car. I just feel it doesn't, doesn't complement the album in any way, though. But it's a nice, nice photo. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm actually uh, trying to scroll here it, the, it, the name um, of the photographer. Um, um, I can't find George it George Hurel, I think. I, I believe that's mm. right, yeah. That, um, yeah, uh, George Harrell. Yeah. Yep, okay. Hollywood veteran who used the same box camera yeah. he used in the 30s and 40s. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful. It really photo. is. Yes. Sort of reminds me a little bit of Double Fantasy, because mm-hmm. it's like you know you have John and Yoko bit. in the front. Somebody yeah. said that in one of my had a live stream. Was it Richard Dolan? Yeah, Richard. Yeah, Richard Dolan. He's Richard. I got you. He says, oh, "What about double fantasy? That's too. What does that got to do with anything?" I said, "What does it got to do with anything? The whole album is about a husband and wife and their whole marriage together and everything." Yeah, that that, fits. I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's true. So, can I respond yeah. to what to what Tom was just saying? Yeah, please do. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I love Angry as a song. I love mm-hmm. the way it came out, but I totally right. agree with you. One of the few faults that I have with Paul is that very often he'll have so many talented people that he works with that he doesn't utilize them to the best of their abilities. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got Pete Townsend and Phil Collins in the studio with you, hey, spend yeah. a week <laughs> if you right. can. You know, yeah. or um, yeah. same thing with uh, the Rockestra whole, the, uh, the whole idea. I yeah, was just going to so mention many that. Yeah. Great That's a good point. Musicians. 
on the Rockestra lineup and you have Rockestra theme, which I love. Again, yeah, me too. The only the only thing I that matters is do you like the songs? And I yes. still like the songs, but if you've got so many talented people, and yes, you had so glad to see you here. I know. I was going to say that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, when you've got so many talented people, you kind of wish that Paul would do more with them. Right. Nothing wrong with the song, Angry. Nothing wrong with the way that it came came out. Right. But um, but wow, wow. <laughs> you, got, you got a great song, two great songwriters there, two great musicians. Right. Try to do more with them. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you seem to have a problem with songs that are downers or depressing to you. I, I mean, it's it's not that I don't. I think if I don't connect with it lyrically, I have. I'm I'm all about downer music. I mean, I've got tons of downer music, but I connect. <laughs> I connect with it. You know, if I right. if I don't if I don't connect with it lyrically, I'm yeah. not going to enjoy it musically either. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I yeah. like I like when he throws out different lyrics, like however absurd and talk for talk, especially. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as for right. me, um, yeah, as for me, um, I as I mentioned earlier, Stranglehold. I thought that was a great way to kick off the album. <sighs> I mean that the the bass. It's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's a little on the awkward. I was. I haven't attacked that song. It's a little uneven. A little awkward. Kind of up and down. But I. I it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I just I like the guitar. I like the the you know the drums, the tight harmonies on it. Um, yeah. Like the little kind of echo, you know, gives it a little I don't know kind of fifties rock you know sort of sound. I I like that. Um, as we've been talking about, good times coming, feel the sun. I mean, that's that's my summer jam every year. Yeah. I still play it. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, particularly uh, "Good Times Coming" that reggae, um, you know, yeah. and, be, and, and Paul's vi- revisited reggae many, many times. Um, you know, he clearly loves a loves that genre and, and uh, uh, definitely is great at it. Um, Only love remains. I'll I'll echo everybody here. That's that's one of my favorite uh, Paul love songs. Should have been a bigger hit. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was. I think it only. Um, uh, king of charts here i think it only charted on adult <laughs> contemporary right that's it was, true that's true yeah. and that was a different mix too yeah yeah that's what it, the saxophone, it had a, right yeah yep yeah, yeah i, I think prefer, we should say the album version though yeah, yeah i think we should say that all of these singles were different mixes as well i believe yeah yeah, yeah. i think so i mean there were we should, yeah that, that's why that's going to be a whole different show you know when i brought <laughs> a while ago when i showed the alternate cd uh, the strange thing about that, somebody said it to me, watched my, my YouTube channel, and said, listen to this, let me know what if you'd like this better. And I must be honest and say, yeah, some of these these mixes, I, w- I, was, enjo- I was enjoying them better than the actual album. And I'm thinking, well, that, I, as I maintain, it's not the mixing or the production or anything that I don't like on the album. But I, I enjoyed, maybe because of the change or something. I don't know the difference, just to have a change. But I really did like some of them a, a little more on that CD, I thought. Yeah, That's it's all. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting how different mixes can make a big difference. Um, it it really is now. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm I'm probably one of the few people that actually like the album version of Only Love Remains better than the sax. And I love saxophone, but for some reason I like so do I. a little bit of the simpler version better. But um, maybe it's just because that's the one I'm more used to than the than the sax version. But 
I mean, I'll I'll take them both, but uh, I love them both. But and as we're talking about "Only Love Remains" here tonight, I gotta say, I really, 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 really like that song. It, it, now, it's you beautiful. Know, and, and, and I didn't know that's that's the one of all of them that's really made a major leap for me. Well, the rest of the yep. whole album did not, but that song, I was like, yeah, that's that's a really really good Paul ballad. And his and his vocals are just flawless yeah. on that. Yep, just flawless. Yeah. So and I, so I, strong at the end. You know, yeah, real absolutely. high notes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, and the it's just flawless, and the and the uh, you know the lyrics are just so sincere and and you know and just so mature. I mean, it's, it's just mm. a just a perfect love song. I I love it. Um, and uh, press as we talked about, great guitar solo in the middle. It's just a you know mm -hmm. great uh, great rocker. And and uh, some people have mentioned the video, um, which and we talked about that a little bit earlier. I think that's one of his best videos, and and it was very simple. Mm. Uh, you know, just him and the two station but just seeing him interacting with fans and uh and uh, it was just a lot of fun um and uh really enhanced the the song i i think um i love pre wool head it's 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 Good. it's weird um and uh the lyrics uh when you when you read them he was definitely having fun with some wordplay and all that but that's great um and the video, as as some of our viewers have been mentioning, and we talked about uh, a little bit, um, it also enhanced the song. And and I think to have she a little bit of she's leaving home playing right before uh, mm. the song. I mean, it kind of uh, I never thought of them connecting, but yeah. you know, it, it kind of does. Um, and uh, Tom Adrian Allen asked that we mention. I think he connects in his book, uh, Pretty right. Little Head. To, to, and I don't have his book yet. So is it tonight, tonight that he connects it to to Genesis? Um, he sent he sent me a link to 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 that, and I hadn't had a chance to read it yet, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I mean, he so. said to a Genesis song, and I was guessing tonight, tonight. Right, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, he was saying that uh, that he thought it sounded like a, a Genesis song, and that was the one I was guessing, but I don't know. But what song and, and was any, that again? Uh, tonight, tonight, I think tonight, tonight, tonight. Uh, tonight. No, no, the no, the first song you mentioned. Uh, move. Uh, you, pretty, 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 pretty little head. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's I don't know if it's in, in this one. That's or what, he yes. did send. Yeah, because it's going to be in volume two. He sent me the uh, the his writing okay. on that, and I just had, okay. yeah, and I just hadn't had a chance to read it yet. Gotcha. Okay, but in any case, it's it's uh I I love it. That's the one of my all time favorites from this album. It's it's uh, just so it's so weird and and uh, but that's the experimental side of, of Paul that uh, that I right. I like and, mm -hmm. and as I said, foreshadows fireman stuff. Um, yep. Okay, guys, I like angry. Now I will agree. I will agree that it doesn't use, he didn't use Phil Collins and Pete Townsend to their greatest capabilities. I completely agree with that. I mean, if I hadn't known, if I hadn't read in advance that they were on that track, I never would have known it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how, I mean, really, that's how much they were underutilized. So I completely agree with that. Mm. But it's a great rocker. It really is, yeah. and 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 also, if you're pissed off, that's a great song to listen to. <laughs> you mean if you're angry? If you're angry, it 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 is. It's it's great. That and ACDC. I mean, you know, you can if you're pissed off, crank those. 
<laughs> but seriously, it's a, it's a great, it's a fun rocker. I mean, it's, you know, not one of his all-time best, but it's, uh, you know, I've, I've cranked it many a time. Um, and, um, you know, as far as the others, Move Over Busker is fun. Um, yeah, May, May Western or Sweaty Vest, that line is always stuck What do you in my think head. of Errol Flynn in a, a tiger skin? Yeah. <laughs> There's an image. <laughs> yeah, and interesting images in those songs. I mean, it's it's a fun rocker. It's not one of my all-time favorites from the album. Um, yeah, however absurd, probably however absurd in footprints are the ones that I've never really connected with. Um, you know, I, I just those are the two that, you know, we were talking earlier about not sure. resonating. Those it, are the two. Yeah, just going over the pretty little head that Adrian sent me. It was uh, Tonight, Tonight, Tonight. Yes. <laughs> I thought I'll have that to listen it. to that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I thought it was the percussion that I thought was probably the connection. Yeah, right. and and they were yeah, and as as Mike points out, yes, they were both produced by Hugh Badgham. So get some, yeah, right. yep. I figured, I figured. So, um, uh, yeah. and then we were just briefly mentioning the uh, uh, the bonus tracks. I love Right Away. I think that's a fun mm-hmm. song, and yep. it has a little little jazz kind of uh, keyboard solo to it. It's fun. Um, Tough on a Tightrope, as you mentioned, Ken. That's a that I like that song. I wish that had been on the album. Yeah. Brilliant. It's not excuse true. Me. I've never been as insane about. Excuse, excuse me one second, guys. I have to excuse myself for one second. I'll be right oh, back. Oh, sure. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Well, you um, know, it's not true. There's a version that was on the B-side of Press. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a, a regular, without the, all the electronic stuff that was mm-hmm. put on the, the bonus track on the CD. Yeah. You know, it's just the band doing it. So it's not all those heavy drums. And I've grown to like that version, too. I like both versions. I still prefer the more simpler version that was the B-side. But as yeah. a song, I still love it. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. That's another one that's just never really. I, I, I think I think I actually enjoy that one. Out of, I mean, the most for me right now out of the, uh, the bonus uh, tracks that I've heard, you know. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't um, know. I'm going to save this for Tom, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I, okay. I even that's, collect the cassette. What do you think, huh? That's what I first bought it on. That was a cassette. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's that's anything what, different you know, on here? I can't see that, it. No. Yeah, because I think it was. Yeah, it definitely did not contain the three bonus tracks. Hmm. That was that was just a, a plain oh, old. Uh, you know was just. Kit? <laughs> you were saying how this foreshadowed uh, the fireman, and yeah. it's very true in a way because the song "Talk More Talk." Mm-hmm. was a song that was created from scratch in one day in the studio, which is very mm-hmm. much the same approach of what Paul did with youth on right. electric arguments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, very experimental. What can you come up with from start mm-hmm. to finish in one day? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I-, I love it just knowing that background behind it. So, exactly. um, yeah, um, we didn't talk enough about Hang Glide. And, and so, yes. what, what you thought about it, Kit. You know, it is an interesting track, and as as Tom said earlier, that it it does. I think it would fit in pretty well with McCartney too. Um, mm. You know, it is a bit more, you know, experimental like that. And uh, and uh, oh, good, Tom's back just in time. We were just uh, uh, just talking about it, uh, Tom. We were just starting to talk about Hang Glide. <laughs> oh, very cool. So just back in time. So yeah. So, yes. 
but yeah, so I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's not one of my all time favorites of, of Paul's, but it's an interesting, you know, another right. kind of experimental, uh, kind of, uh, kind of track. So Tom, what about, uh, what about you? You were, I, 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 I agree I mean, what you said about McCartney too, that would fit nicely on there. Right. I, I think it, you know, at five minutes, it might run a little too long, but um, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's a nice little instrumental. Instrumentals are not my f favorite part of McCartney's uh, career, um, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I do get into this one. It's enjoyable. It's it's nice, mm -hmm. soft little little piece that uh, I think would would, would fit would would have fit nicely on on the album. I think it would have been cool to have like a little nice instrumental on on the album. Sometimes they work on his albums. You know, he, yeah. he has them from time oh, I like to time. A lot of, I like a lot of them. McCartney, too, even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like uh, the instrumentals. I Frozen like, hey, Jam. Hey. I love yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the long version even more, even more the longer <laughs> version. You better like Hey, Hey, because that's the theme that I use in every little thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. That's my theme music. I know. So. I'm right with you, man. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, Hang Glide is really a very interesting track. Because mm -hmm. apart from the fact that it's instrumental, if you played it to people, they wouldn't necessarily think it's Paul McCartney. And it's right. got like um, a new age sound to it, um, kind of ambient sound, maybe closer to mm -hmm. the first two Fireman albums. Right. And a lot of interesting stuff going on with the synthesizers, very moody music. And I like that kind of stuff. I yeah, like Blue Suede. Very, uh, Tom Brennan mentioned Blue Suede. Yes, I like, that. I like Blue Suede too. That's oh. one of my favorite of his instrumentals. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I like the work. Oh, I, I, I do like the work between Eric. Yeah, I do like the work between Eric Stewart and uh, McCartney on the, you know, on this. I think their collaborations, a lot of them were 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 successful. You know, I think a couple of them might have been a might have been a miss, but I think this Hang Glide was uh, was a definitely a nice piece. Mm -hmm. mm. Absolutely. You know, there's one line, there's one line in on this album that is among my favorite McCartney lines of all time. But the problem mm -hmm. is it was written with Eric Stewart. So I'm not sure mm. which guy wrote it. <laughs> uh oh. And I think I think no, that I think that track also what's the wait, what's think, the line? Let's see the line. I'll tell the you. line is from However Absurd. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah, everything is under the sun, but nothing is for keeps. Mm. I mm. love that line. <laughs> There's uh, I I ever, Eric Stewart wrote the, it. Yeah. If I ever get to interview Paul, I'd love to yeah. you know, That's a good question. That's a good question. There's one of you guys wrote that. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a really good interview with Eric Stewart that came out a few years back ago mm. that I think was on the Super Deluxe website. Um, if you guys are familiar with yeah. that, that's, you know, um, I think I that was it. there. And then I also think this, this album is really helped when you listen to it with headphones. Uh, I think you really I get agree. all the, you know, the lower tones and when, if there's uh, instruments a little, you know, lower in the mix, you, you get a clear, you know, sound of that. And I think it really helps this album out a lot as well. And all the different percussion and everything too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of different sounds. On yes. this album, and uh, either listen in headphones or alone in a room, <laughs> and just concentrate on the music alone. Yeah. Yep. listening alone in a dark room to those voices as talk more talk begins. It's oh. it's, mm. it's great. <laughs> I'm a nightmare, nightmare. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I heard James McCartney does some. I was reading who, uh, in the liner notes who does some of the voices. Yeah, uh, James. He's one of them, and Linda. Yeah. Linda, yep. John Hamill, uh, his, 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 John's yep. uh, Paul's assistant. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
All right. Well, we're getting uh, close to the end here. So why don't we, uh, before we go into our uh, what we're working on, you know, that we call these occasional shows we do, this, this occasional series, Another Listen. So all these years later, you know, it's, this came out in 1986. So, you know, we're, we're uh, 2020 now. So what... You know, what do you guys think? We've taken another listen now all these years later. How do you think the album's aged? Uh, have your opinions changed since you first uh, listened to it? How, how do you think the album has aged? So, Tom, what do you, what do you think? I, I'm fine with, you know, overall, I mean, I'm kind of with Ken in a way sometimes when you talk about, you know, the aging and, you know, the production. Does it sound like this decade? Does it sound like that decade? Um, you know, however, you know, Paul has, if you, you know, listen to the video uh, or if you will listen to the commentary on the Pretty Little Head video that's on this, I mean, he has said that, you know, this is, is of its time, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's what he said. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I, I, I kind of enjoyed a few more songs uh, a little bit more. I mean, my favorite songs, you know, continue to be my favorite songs on these albums. Um, but listening to them with, with headphones or re-listening to the, 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 the 12-inch mix of a Pretty Little Head made me enjoy that more than the, than the version that's on the LP. But um, it's for me, it's still like the middle of the road McCartney release. Um, it's if if let's for example, if he had, you know, let's say he had uh, what uh, fourteen albums in his career at that point in time, this would be like right in the middle at number seven for me. I mean, it's I don't consider it a, a terrible album. I don't consider it a great album, but I do enjoy the tracks on here. And um, you know, I'm gonna spin this one. I'm gonna spin this one for another uh, week or two and um, just uh, see if I can you know have more fun with it. You know, I'm, I'm glad we right. did this show. I know a lot of people wanted us to do this show, and uh, yep, glad we're doing it. You know, all right, excellent. All right, Joe, how about you? Well, I'm only going to reiterate what I said at the top. You know, it hasn't changed much for me. I dislike it less than I did when it first came out. Well, there um, you go. That's a resounding. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, 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 whereas I something like God Trop, like God Tropo, got significantly, you know, better for me over yep. over the, the, the time. Uh, not not this one too much, but not nearly as much as uh, originally. I didn't didn't care for it. I was not an album I, I i'm interested at all in going to you know mm -hmm. if i was gonna go to it i would i would bounce around you know play uh, maybe you know stranglehold and uh good times coming and bounce around a little pretty little head and uh only love remains press you know a few tracks selected tracks whereas i always believe when i play albums i like them to be in their entirety the way, you know the way they were intended right. ordinarily very rarely will i skip around but i would for this album i probably would do that not as easy to do when you have the cassette, <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, if I, by the way, if I disappear, boop, it's just because my battery just is down to fifteen percent. Even though oh, I'm using okay. the electric, <laughs> I, I'm good for eighty minutes or so. That's about it with this. Okay, we're good. <laughs> All right, we'll be good. All right, Ken, how about you? I liked the album when it first came out. It just keeps growing and growing in stature for me. Like I said, it's my second favorite mccartney album post beatles including all of wings um i really i really find his music more interesting when he went into his solo career 
and the fact that he worked with different producers. I think that brings out another side of him working with different musicians too. I think that tends to make you more creative. Um, and I look at Press to Play as the beginning of Paul's Renaissance period because really and truly so much of the best work of Paul's post Beatles career started with, shouldn't say started, from the moment of Press to Play on, most of it has been extremely good. And I, I love the 70s stuff, too, and Tug of War is a masterpiece, too. But from Press to Play on, it marked a, a whole new time to me in his career because I really sensed a lot of effort being put into his albums. We've said a number of times here that we don't think that Paul is the best judge of his own work. There's plenty of times when we think certain songs belonged on albums that he tossed aside as B-sides. So even if Paul said it's of its time, you know, I think he's very affected by record sales and the fact yeah. that it didn't do that well. So I think that's he's more affected he... by the sales and, and the critic response of fan response yeah. more than what he personally thinks of it, I think. Yeah. I love Can Paul, I... but I, I don't agree with everything that he says. Yeah. But yeah. Can I ask you a question, Ken? Yeah. When, when, when do you think you, I mean, with all the great albums that have came out, came out after um, Press to Play, when did you come to that realization that this was your second favorite McCartney album probably in the last 10 years or so okay you know I just love it sounds so refreshing to listen to press to play it doesn't sound dated to me it sounds like it could have come out yesterday there's so much energy I like I said I love the way that it was mixed I love I like heavy drums right. I like the sound of that you know I would kill to have a whole album of pretty little heads I really would. I'd love to hear that. I love when Paul takes chances and does things different and doesn't just do what you would expect him to do. Right. But Paul usually is somewhere in the middle. He mixes things up for you so that he, he tries to please, you know, the, the old fans that want, you know, the older sound of Paul. That's why he puts in Only Love Remains or Stranglehold or Footprints or a move over busker, which is more a traditional rocker for him, or however absurd, which is very beatly. But then he mixes in all this other stuff. And so many times, a lot of his experimental stuff, he tosses as B-sides, like mm -hmm. hand glide. Right. Um, you know, there's a track. Tough on a tightrope. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if I call that experimental. Something like growing up, falling down from mm -hmm. the chaos and creation sessions. That, you know, it sounds very different from, yeah. you know, the rest of the album. But, um, I think he does that because maybe some of his fans can't accept when he tries to be more adventurous and daring. You know, yeah. it's a tough thing. You know, uh, there are so many people out there that are critical of Paul McCartney because they think that he's Mr. Top 40, he's Mr. Mainstream. And when they put out, when he puts out experimental stuff like this, then they don't get it. They don't, yeah. <laughs> they don't enjoy it as much. And uh, so he, he can't please everybody. Right. Um, but I really enjoy it when he does take these chances. And it's because of that that I tend to really dig cuts like Karina Kroor now, mm -hmm. you know, or Loop First Indian on the Moon. I love when he does these wacky things on his albums that it's not what you would normally expect from, from him. Right. So uh, Press to Play, I think, is as is flawless as an album. It really is. And when it comes to that 80s sound, Pretty Little Head and Talk More Talk and Press are excellent, excellent uh, pieces of production and great examples of those. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I really love this album more today than I ever have. Mm. Yeah, Do you like and... it then? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, he likes it. I think the man likes it. Oh, he likes it. Um, and yeah, I I really uh, I still enjoy it. Uh, it was a lot of fun to you know revisit it. Although I yeah you know, I still listen to it fairly often, but hadn't listened to the entire thing uh, in a while. And um, you know, it was just it, it still you know was was I, I think it's a joy to listen to a lot of it. Um, as I said, there were still a couple of, of tracks that I don't connect with quite as much, but um, you know listening to pre-wool head is still a, a, a trip which i which i really uh, uh enjoy mm. only love remains i is still moving um really i i think you know a lot of people accuse it of having dated production as we've talked about but i don't think it really has dated much at, at all i mean not as nearly as much yeah somebody as, was as, just as, saying he thought that uh, i forget who uh tug of war would sounded more dated to him than press to play somebody just mm-hmm. said yeah, yeah i mean yeah yeah, I don't know, because really, that's what it's always, what, what everybody t- says about If you want to say is, dated, you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so dated. It really, you know, I you know, don't think uh, it really doesn't sound dated at all. So, uh, so I, I really, I think, well, you know, I think we, we can say, you know, go back and listen to it. Uh, give it another <laughs> chance. Um, I think a lot <laughs> just, of people just here. Kidding. Just don't have Joe in the room. <laughs> yeah, don't no, not, no, the truth of the matter is I did that for fun, you know. Yeah. But, no, by all means, listen to it. By all means, Absolutely. let's do it and form your own opinion and give it an open mind. And exactly. Listen with like an it. open mind. Exactly. Listen with an open mind and uh, and let us know you know, let us know what you think. We, we'd love to hear. Uh, go back, listen to it with an open mind all these years later and see if your opinions uh, have changed. So, uh, well, this was fun. We've been looking forward to doing this show uh, for uh, for a while. And uh, as I said, popular demand. We've uh, yeah. People have been wanting us to do this. this so we're more than happy to uh, to do it. So, uh, all right. Well, before we go, of course, we want to uh, mention things we're working on So, uh, and things we have coming up. So, uh, Joe, why don't we start with you? What's, I'm not uh, working on anything, on? Kit. Put me on the spot again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, we're going to have a video up with me and Don singing two of us. Which, oh, my people, God. That's for people who know Don. But anyway, it's it's not a serious video. Um, yeah, so uh, follow me on YouTube, Mean Mr. Mayo channel, Beatles, Solo Beatles, Comedy. That's it. See, Very easy to get through with me. That's it. You don't have to wait around for like five five hours. He's, be- he's being <laughs> on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I know what you were trying to say. No way. <laughs> he's being modest. He does, he uh, does fun, great videos. So go go over and subscribe. So, uh, uh, Tom, how about you? Yes, thank you, Kits. Well, we've been uh, we've been pretty busy lately. We're uh, trying to maybe become kind of like weekly ish, you know, over on the two legs camp. Um, we've both got a little more time on our hands, so maybe we'll uh, put out some more shows. Um, we've had a, a ton of great guests uh, recently with uh, Alan Cozen, Robert Rodriguez, the Queen herself, uh, Owen Ling, who was uh, joined us a, uh, last month or two weeks ago for our London Town um, uh, episode. We just did uh, Andy and I a show on our favorites and least favorite album covers. That was a lot of fun. Uh, tomorrow night we're going to be doing a show on this guy right here. We're going to revisit the McCartney years uh, DVD box set that came out in 2007. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, just booked uh, the birthday boy, uh, Mike, or Ken Michaels' um, 
uh, co-host, Darren DeVivo. He's going to come oh, wow. on. We're going to okay. do a show with him. Oh, nice. And, uh, and uh, the Dr. Womack is, is uh, going to loan us one of his clones to do a, to come on the, the show for <laughs> us because we know how busy he is. And uh, we're going to do a show with him in, and do a show with him in, uh, in April, a uh, George Martin, Paul McCartney-centric uh, episode. So we look forward to that. You can reach out to us on uh, Two Legs Podcast at gmail.com. Um, as Kit said, we're now a videocast, so you can find us on YouTube at two legs a paul mccartney podcast um you know twitter uh instagram two legs podcast facebook at two legs podcast we're all over the place Podbean, itunes iHeartRadio, and uh that's it thank you guys for listening to us we love it uh ken to you <laughs> busy guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay i only got four percent battery left so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> make it fast ken okay but we didn't say this at the beginning of the show, but I had a special contest on my website to win mm-hmm. both your books. Oh, that's right. And I've been saying that uh, we're going to announce the winner right here, right that's now. That's right. Ah. Uh, so um, Tom Carswell, who lives ah. in New Jersey. So I was just going to say, I've got both of them already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the Michael Jackson one. Uh, okay, oh, you well, all right. Congratulations, oh, wow. Tom. I'll okay. see you at the fest. Yeah. Oh, Don't worry. <laughs> Congratulations, yes. Tom. Way to go, All buddy. Right. We're going to have to be quizzing him. Enjoy them. Yeah. Yes. And um, on my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, you've got Beatles trivia every single week. You can win one of nine great prizes, including the new book here from Ted Montgomery. The Paul McCartney Catalog, a complete annotated discography of solo works, 1967 to 2019, all the way through uh, Home Tonight and In a Hurry. And In a Hurry. Okay. And I just interviewed Ted, and I'm going to do another interview with him because I was only halfway through with it. And Mm -hmm. um, he's on the syndicated show I have for Every Little Thing, which airs this week as we speak. And if you want to listen to that show... Uh, you go to my website. There's a page for every little thing. It lists all the radio stations that cover that uh, that broadcast the show, with their broadcast times and links to their websites. Uh, things we said today. We did a show last week with Lawrence Juber as our special guest. That's now out there. It's on Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube. And uh, I'm still waiting to hear about the live broadcast of Every Little Thing because um, the last couple of weeks the radio station's been shut down with no live broadcasting because of the coronavirus. So I'm hoping to be back on the air soon. So are they, are they broadcasting anything on WNHU? It's all automation. Okay. Well, unless it's already uh, pre-programmed shows that they send them. Okay. But nobody's live on the air. But gotcha. that could change this week. It could happen by this Wednesday. Okay. Don't know for sure. But I'm on mm-hmm. Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Time, WNHU.org. Full hour of Beatles and solo thematic sets, every little thing on WNHU. Okay, gotcha. All right, excellent. Okay, and as for me, I'm uh, don't uh, don't have too much going on. I'm still uh, getting back to writing, um, but I do have uh, I'm a guest on uh, our good friend Ed Chen's uh, podcast when they was fab. Um, I'm on uh, the latest episode, which is out right now, uh, guested with Anthony Rotuno, and we had a really fun conversation about um, the Beatles as actors 
and uh, yeah. acting in, in their movies and what kind of uh, films they might have made um, had they done some of the ones like Up Against It and, and some of the other films that uh, were Lord of the, the possible Romeo yeah. and Juliet was Paul. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we've heard that. <laughs> exactly. Here, we had a really fun discussion. So go over to the When They Was Fab web, uh, Facebook page and I will, of course, post the link on my own page. And, uh, and once again, uh, be sure to check our, uh, our own uh, uh, Talk More Talk page for any information about, oh, I think Joe is going to be <laughs> leaving us in a minute with his, uh, I think he's running out of batteries there. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yep, there he goes. So uh, well, we'll say we'll say goodbye <laughs> for him in a minute. But anyway, uh, just uh, keep an eye on our uh, Facebook page for our hopeful, hopefully our appearance for the virtual fest that's happening this mm. weekend. Um, and also, as always, we love to hear your ideas. So uh, for any topics you'd like to see, your feedback, uh, you could email us at uh, talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. You can follow us at talkmoretalk1. Talk, uh, uh, yeah, talk uh, that's our Twitter handle. Uh, and of course, our Facebook page, and we do read your comments. We love to uh, respond to them. We love to hear your thoughts. And we're on uh, YouTube. We are on uh, virtually any podcasting platform you can think of. So uh, be sure to check us out there and tell your friends. So um, <laughs> tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell whoever you would like. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, and uh, we will see you next Next time, please stay safe. Yes. Please stay healthy. So on behalf of me, Mr. Mayo, Tom Hanyadi, and Ken Michaels, this is Kid O'Toole saying peace and love. See you guys next peace time. Bye-bye.